I was at a meeting the other day, and I was informed by a really, really top uh, general in the government, and he told me that Satan <laughs> created stairs. <laughs> Satan created stairs for presidents to fall down on. This is top news. Yeah. I was informed when my informants told me this, and the globalists created them. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 11 on Everyone is Cancelled. I have with me John Morgan. Hey. And Mary Visser. Hello. My girlfriend. Just so you guys know a little bit about Mary, she is a graduate from UCLA in Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> LA I'm sorry. <laughs> Just so you guys know, Mary is a graduate from UCLA. She has a bachelor's degree in history, and she has a basic knowledge of how to research things and look into things, and I really respect what she has to say about certain topics. Uh, others, not so much. I'm just kidding. But anyways, just for a little background on who she is, what she is into. Cold. I research good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just pretty much just summarized a bunch of hearsay. <laughs> I think Alex Jones should be a college professor. <laughs> that I would take his class. Just I be mean, wasted the whole time. You guys obviously know I'm a fan of him, so saying that isn't very significant. He would definitely be in philosophy. <laughs> Uh, political, political class, political science. Hmm. We have a super awesome episode for you guys tonight. It might end up being my favorite one. Uh, we're going to be covering Alex Jones, the great Alex Jones. Uh, he's been on a lot of podcasts recently, and it's just been a roller coaster ride watching this guy getting hammered <laughs> on these podcasts, screaming into the mic about Satan and the globalists, yeah. and I just can't get enough of it. And Mary even more so than myself. Uh, but before, before we get into Alex Jones, uh, we have to cover the cancellation of the week. And this week's cancellation is really, really special. This week we're going to be canceling stairs. <laughs> Joe Biden attempted to go up some stairs recently and fell not once, not twice, but three times, <laughs> yeah, it's three times amazing. he fell going up these stairs, and then uh, the, the the meme pages are having a lot of fun with that. So stairs oh, are canceled. It rivals the Bernie Sanders memes. It does. Like I, I love the one of Trump playing golf, and he just cracks one, <laughs> and then it it's it's Biden in the back of the head. The timing <laughs> is so perfect. I'm personally happy to see that. Memes aren't being biased. They are making fun of Biden just as much as they made fun of Trump. That's the beautiful thing about memes, is it? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you you know what I find is funny is that nobody went to help him. Like, the, after the first time he fell, nope. they're like, he's got it. Then he fell twice, and the Secret Service is like, nah, he, he's going to be okay. Then he fell three be, times. At this point, fair, it's not even yeah. clear if he's having a stroke, and they're just letting him chill. Like, it, there's 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 nobody around him. There's nobody with him. Like the people at the bottom of the stairs are. A, this is not like a, a short flight. I mean, this is a, this is a, at least a story, right? To get into Air Force One, and 
So he's in that area where if he legit falls, <laughs> he's going to go all the way to the bottom before somebody can pick him up. Uh, which I think, I think I love the, uh, the ones where, you know, Kamala Harris has that smug smile and that little clap and then, <laughs> as they play Biden tripping up the stairs. She's, She's like rubbing like, her palms to God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that meme. She all, she all told the secret service guys, listen, if he, we, when he falls down the stairs and this is going to happen, don't help him. Just, just. No, it's true. <clears throat> Just kidding. Yeah, we have a uh, we have an, in our own house we have an invisible stair, and, and it moves around. It's an it's an interdimensional stair, not <laughs> not like a stairway, but just one single stair, and it moves from area to area. And my wife finds it like impeccably. Upstairs, downstairs, she's the one that finds it. She falls down this. It's always this imaginary stare. You've got yourself a poltergeist on your hands. I actually, I, uh, I, I can empathize with Biden a little bit. I mean, I get it. I mean, like stairs are are legit part of Alex Jones' conspiracy theory. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that that he would agree with me that that stairs are innately evil. And that they are, they are interdimensional beings that are, you know, just are designed to create havoc and instability in our lives. Absolutely. I was at a meeting the other day and I was informed by a really, really top uh, general in the government. And he told me that Satan <laughs> created stairs. <laughs> Satan created stairs for presidents to fall down on. This is top news. Yeah. I was informed when my informants told me this and the globalists created them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did notice a bias in the news coverage of it. I didn't see it anywhere in any of the headlines. I'm sure it would have been covered like crazy if it was Trump falling downstairs. If Trump fell down those stairs, <laughs> I don't oh, even man. just sit back and imagine for a second what the new what the mainstream media would be doing with that. Right. Just just think about it. There's nothing on there. I mean, how can you take news seriously when they don't even... I mean, they don't even cover it from an empathetic standpoint. Like, we hope he's okay. He fell three times. Pretty sure he broke a few bones. Not sure he knows where he is. Nothing. Right. That's why memes are more credible. Memes are where yeah. we get our news. Yeah. Yeah. We learned that... What episode was that, John? The uh, GameStop episode. Seven? Eight? This, yeah. Somewhere around there. That's when we Five. discovered that people don't care about news unless you can meme it. That's right. If the news doesn't have a, a, a viable, hilarious meme, it never happened. <laughs> it truly didn't. Space it's the moon landing. Time cancel, yeah. By the way, John, we're going to have to, speaking of the moon, we're going to have to do an episode on that moon base because I looked into it and that ain't no, that ain't no, no moon. man. I'm <laughs> telling you, dude. <laughs> It's a space station. They put a, a special color contrast on that building, and it shows it, it's uh, got 90-degree angles. I told you. <laughs> but it's not Chinese. That there, It's it's definitely not Chinese. That's a straight-up yeah, alien mutant. One thing I, I agree Pop -tart with Alex base. Jones is, is that, that base. So getting into the main topic tonight, I think I'm going to let Mary 
start this off because she loves Alex Jones and she <laughs> believes chisel. everything she that he says. <laughs> and uh, it's because everything he says is right. <laughs> so, Mary, why don't you get into who Alex, how, who is Alex Jones? Where does he come from? What is his deal for those who may not know him as well as we do? All right. So speaking of cancellations, I would have to say that Alex Jones was one of the first uh, to be deplatformed, to be canceled completely. And guess what? It's backfired because he's coming back. He's been on Joe Rogan a few times. Now he's been on Flagrant 2. He's been on the Drinking Bros podcast. I've been I've been checking these all out today just to get some research in. So I, I'm not taking credit for all of this info that I've been searching. It's been a lot of podcasts I've been dipping into. So um, disclaimer, what he said about me believing everything he says is not true. It doesn't reflect my personal beliefs. <laughs> I am channeling his spirit. So once this podcast gets big enough, hopefully we can actually have him on. But until then... We can't afford to have Alex Jones on yet, so we're going to have the spirit of Alex Jones on. So I'd like everybody to welcome his uh, poltergeist. Uh, Alex Jones is with us in spirit. I've, I've been possessed. <laughs> really glad to be here. I've been waiting a really long time to be on the show. Some informants told me that you guys knew what you were talking about. I'm really happy. I really, uh, uh, I need. I just, I just need a. You got, you got a little drink, a drink, a little bit of whiskey. Uh, he he likes to say, "Oh, I'm drinking water." This is just water. Stage prop. <laughs> Got some uh, corn syrup here. <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll, we're just going to go back to the very beginning, the origin story of this comic book hero who fight against Satan, Alex Jones. <laughs> he was born in 1974, so that makes him 47 years old. Um, oh, yeah. 47 years young. 47 years young, exactly. And um, so <laughs> from a child, he's just been uh, just insane. Uh, people have gone back to his classmates and his teachers and other people that have known him just to see what he was as a kid. And apparently he used to run down his the hallway of his high school with his arms up in the air yelling i am the devil so there's there's a little bit <laughs> nice. of context there he he's had nice. an early fascination of <clears throat> the devil and biblical contexts and um he says he's had sex with 150 women by the age of 15 so um i think that's so pretty he's a liar credible. <laughs> So we don't know how many little Alex Joneses are out there at this point. <laughs> Could you imagine? There could be thousands. <laughs> A whole army of Alex Jones. That's exactly what he needs, really. Um, yeah, so one of his first um, conspiracies that he claims to have uncovered were that at these house parties he was at in high school, cops would be selling coke to students, he claims. This whole episode totally is reasonable. alleged. Allegedly. Yeah, alleged. Allegedly. Yeah. Even and us, we're alleged. At a dare assembly, when the same cops came, um, in the middle of their presentation, Alex Jones stood up and 
revealed the conspiracy, saying he was selling coke to everybody here, and he claims that the cops took him out and beat him up after that. Did he like that it? Was, uh, <laughs> that was Jesse's girl. Or I mean, that might have been Jesse himself. So this was Alex Jones's first brain injury. <laughs> yeah. One of many. <laughs> well, yeah, anyways, like, he's kind of, it, it seems from an early age, he's got this psychology of him against the world, him versus evil, and that, yeah, like this was essentially part... demons are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and he's the one who sees through it, and he has to bring justice. He has to reveal the truth to everybody. But, uh, what else? What else do we got here? So, one of his first, besides that apparent brain injury, one of his first brain injuries was an act of vengeance after he beat up one of his classmates in a geology class or geography class one of those two and out of vengeance a group of that kid's friends jumped him at a party and pile drived him or something horrible he almost died this would be brain injury number two for mr alex jones (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) his uh father decided to relocate the whole family and that's when his life and career in Austin began, and that's where he's been ever since. Just laying down truth, rivers <laughs> of truth for people. Yeah. And let's get something straight here, people. Alex Jones was the type of kid in school that obviously got picked on. So if he beat some kid up, maybe that kid deserved it. Maybe the kid was picking on him over and over. Alex Jones may have been a spaz, but you know, kids could be little shits. And you get a kid like Alex Jones in school, and they're going to pick on him. So right. uh, yeah, I don't know about the whole storyline of, uh, not that this was said, but I don't know if he was so much of a bully as just right from the get-go. Alex Jones was one of those guys that everybody was uh, basically against him. He was kind of up against the world. Um, uh, you know, a good argument could be made for that. Yeah, I think he was pretty annoying. Uh, Apparently, he used to eat, like, ink from pens to dye his whole mouth black. (laughs) And then he would speak in tongues to freak everybody out. Brain injury number three for Alex Jones. (laughs) So, yeah, he he definitely had some ADHD going on that did not help with... Mecca-like-a-high, mecca-hiney-high. Disclaimer. (laughs) Self-medicating with pen ink is not advised allegedly <laughs> allegedly <laughs> i think you have to uh you'll have to refer to our sarms episode uh, to verify that oh absolutely <laughs> and we'll be hitting that topic again he's just got too many conspiracies for us to cover but i do want to talk a little bit about that but anyways um so he started his career in austin he became one of the top two radio shows in Austin. And he was part of the culture of Austin, like Keep Austin Weird. He was one of the guys that people referred to as this place being weird, notoriously. And he became friends with Mike Judge and probably... His the character Dale from King of the Hill is probably based off of that. Now, what year was this? Was this still in the 90s? I think so. Okay. Yeah. 
So he hasn't, because I believe he started InfoWars in about 1999. And for for those who don't know, InfoWars was his ultimate success. It was a pioneer in online radio slash TV shows. He built his own station, had his own writers and editors, even his own studio, and built something called InfoWars after television tried scripting what he could talk about. Yeah, he was like on a television show, like a public access, and then he moved to a radio show, and that's when he was fired for their sponsors just kept dropping them because of his controversial views, and finally the owner of the station was like, you need to diversify your topics and stop talking shit about Bill Clinton and stuff like that, or (laughs) else we can't have you anymore. And he was like, all right, guess I'm starting my own show. Yeah, you start stop ripping on those those stand up guys, you know, those real gentlemen, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he, Alex Jones was a hard worker in the in the mid to late nineties. The guy was working at golf clubs, selling gym memberships, working forty hours a week, and this is while he was working on his first big documentary. And to do this, the only time slot he had at the news station was two o'clock in the morning. And he had to be up at like five the next day, something like crazy like that. So the guy was working really hard and he spent a year on that schedule to make his first documentary. And right off the bat, Mm -hmm. his first documentary makes a half a million dollars. Um, He's using old recording equipment, editing things himself, to my knowledge. Uh, Kind of a prodigy right off the bat. An interesting guy, sort of an enigma, uh, a lot of character, but definitely... You can't say he's not a hard worker. Uh, It's very intriguing the way he started off. Yeah, and I heard from the last podcast on the left that he was like the apprentice of Bill Cooper. And if you haven't, for folks who haven't heard of Bill Cooper, he's like the grandfather of conspiracy theories. He wrote this book called um, Behold a Pale Horse. And that just like unveiled the Illuminati and UFOs and JFK assassination, like all being linked together. That was his conspiracy. Well, there's another guy too, Gary Allen, who wrote a book called uh, None Dare Call It Conspiracy. And and that had a, he said he had a a profound influence on him too. He also said it was the easiest to read primer on the New World Order. Yeah. which is, you know, that's his thing is he, most of his conspiracy theories center around the New World Order. And that's biblical. So it's there. It's just. And that was his Bible growing up, probably. <laughs> so. Digging it out of the weeds, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I don't know if you guys have any more background you want to get into before getting into the the juicy stuff. Well, I think it's interesting that. I, I want to point out that Alex Jones is a very um, strict Christian. He's a firm believer in Jesus Christ. and b- But what I find interesting about that, um, sort of like myself, is he's he's been sort of disenfranchised by the current religious systems. Uh, he, mm. he even goes as far as to say that I've read, um, allegedly, that a lot of them are controlled by the devil. He thinks they've been corrupted. I didn't find out until later that he was such a devout Christian but with a huge problem with the religious system in place. He just thinks the globalists, he believes that the globalists have really uh, penetrated a lot of the church systems, which you can make a strong argument for. Uh, just a very Easily. interesting guy. The thing that he's, he's just all around very interesting. 
All right, so I was figuring we can just dive into any and all conspiracies that interest us personally um, that he talks about. But before doing that, I wanted to give you his personal definition of what a conspiracy theory is because I thought it was very insightful and it'll be good for starting point for our discussion. <laughs> so he defines conspiracy... He defines conspiracy theory as a hypothesis that questions the narrative given to us by the media and government and hopes to rediscover reality. He believes that 95% are bogus and that the media uses this term to discredit and discourage those who question the mainstream narrative. And his ultimate goal is to inspire us to question those in power. And I thought that was that was pretty... Yeah, that's a noble effort. I mean, that's our effort, too. Like, we've always said at the beginning, middle, and end of this podcast is, look, don't ever stop asking questions. Even if you don't agree with our opinion, then take whatever you don't believe and ask a question about it and go find the answer. And certainly don't rely on a single source. Absolutely. Primary sources are the best. I heard a really intelligent comment recently on a podcast Mary was showing me. And I'm a fir- we're all firm believers in it at this point. Uh, we've been converted at one point in our lives or another. And it's the it's not about what you believe that we should be focusing on. It's about how we think. Questioning things rather than saying, well, this is my stance uh, and I'm going right. to stick to it. Alex Jones is a guy that has taught that to many people. It's not what you believe in. It's how you think. And changing gears to that mindset really opens your eyes like, wow, it's not me against uh, the left or the right or the world. It's me against myself. Right. And uh, Alex yeah. Jones helped point that out. Yeah, another thing I heard it was pretty interesting uh, was ask why like five times Yeah. <laughs> to get to the root of anything that, you know, the root of what you believe or what your problem is. Just get get through five whys and you'll be there. And figure out who is benefiting from it because that gives you a lot of information too. Like if somebody is proposing a certain narrative, well, what are they getting out of that? Do they yeah, have special the interest groups that they're representing that they, you know, need to toe the line? Yeah. All right. So this is going to be a very controversial episode because of the nature. <laughs> it's not controversial. It just means there's going to be lots of questions. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like this episode, I want you to put headphones on, turn them louder. <laughs> <laughs> no, this I, there's nothing controversial about this. We're talking about Alex Jones. This isn't our views necessarily. He's a fascinating guy, um, yeah. and I personally see him as a comedian at this point. And I know Joe Rogan and a few <laughs> people are pushing him to get into comedy because... And just to do exactly what he does, just on a stage with like fourteen beers. I would totally buy a ticket. I for would that. buy the shit out of that ticket. <laughs> <laughs> That's perhaps what he should have been doing from the very beginning. <laughs> John, right. when were you first made aware of Alex Jones? Um, I I heard a lot of I I never was really big into politics, and still until it started affecting me when I you know started a career. Uh, mm-hmm. Because then politics began affecting my paycheck, and I was instantly involved, you know, more interested anyway in what was going on. 
And the more I got involved, the more I started to hear his name, but I never really knew who he was um, until really just maybe a few years ago. Um, but most of the time when you hear his name, it's because, you know, he, he, uh, he takes the most high altitude stance on, on a national or world event. And, and he just moves it in a direction in which nobody would ever consider taking it. And it usually makes him, uh, you know, a, a target of not even, it, they skip scrutiny and go straight to defamation and cancellation. Uh, for instance, um, you know, the, the first thing that kind of popped up was uh, his uh, interest in, and he actually, you know, got was an activist in, in the Waco, uh, Waco, Texas burning when, you know, Janet Reno really, and the, and the ATF dropped the ball and ended up killing a whole bunch of people, um, which to this day is, it's just been swept under the rug and they're just not going to talk about it. It's just, it's done. Mistakes were made. They're not, they vaguely admitted it and they just, just sweep it under the rug and move on. I've actually, um, I heard that he owns the church now or they're rebuilding well, it into something he he wanted to rebuild the branch davidian church as a memorial to those people who died um in the fire um and he was successful at it too i believe that there is a davidian church over there which you know bothers me because um whether <laughs> whether or not SWAT had you know the the right to go in there and burn it down and run everything over with tanks is besides the point, you know, David Koresh was a cult leader who was leading a group of people towards acts of terrorism and probably ultimately, you know, uh, 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 Jim Jones uh, event. So, I mean, take what you want out of that one. The, the point kind of being that, that um, you know, Alex Jones would always take uh, the not even the opposite side. He would create his own side. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, David was wrong or Janet Reno was wrong. It was that the new world order had kind of twisted this whole thing, um, to destroy, uh, you know, a, a peaceful, and it, people are just like, what are you, what are you even talking about? And it wasn't even too, it was, and this is the, you know, the, the, perhaps his greatest problem is that, I think he gets absolutely lost in what he believes. Oh yeah. He's he spends so much time researching these things and and connecting dots. I I just imagine him like you see these these TV shows where you know these uh, mindfully special people have have like pictures and newspaper articles and maps all over the wall with you know red yarn and pins connecting <laughs> yeah. everything and like this is i this is must be what he does yeah just and, like charlie and he from just, always sunny in philadelphia that's like the classic yeah. meme picture he finds these these um these small facts that people kind of wash over like they're facts these things happened right this they're true and he somehow misses he connects some of them but then makes it the such a grand scheme 
that the truth of what he's trying to say gets lost in, in his uh, in his grandiose, um, you know, I don't know, it's almost like a puppet show at some points. It's but. like he's created his own mythology. It's like he's got a whole other branch of American folklore. And he's just become like an intrinsic part right. of that fabric of American culture. And I've just recently become so obsessed with American folklore, which people don't even think about like associating ufos and government conspiracies with like modern day mythology people consider mythology to be like in the past but there's definitely a very real mythology going on now and yeah it's a new mythology and i you know i I wonder often uh and i'm not a psychiatrist i know many of you thought i was but i'm actually not uh but you know i wonder if (laughs) you're my psychiatrist (laughs) <laughs> and you're mine, brother. <laughs> I wonder if uh, uh, I wonder if Alex Jones lies somewhere on the autistic spectrum because there's something going on there. He's got this Rain Man quality where, yeah, he's got issues, but he's also right about a lot of things. He's wrong about right. some things, but that goes with being human. But I find it fantastic right. that this guy could be a raving, seeming, seemingly alcoholic at certain points and be screaming into the mic about Satan and be right at the same time. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Exaggerating maybe, but there is truth in what he's saying. I mean, right. he called Epstein's Island years before people were talking about this. He also called the frogs turning gay. And the frogs turned gay. <laughs> right. Right. Actually, probably one of his uh, his his most substantial um, investigative, like something that he actually would, you know, I would consider, you know, actionable investigative reporting was the was his uh, reporting on Bohemian Grove and uh, cremation of care. Um, And what you know, what he uncovered was that um, this is a. They were doing some things there that are not appropriate towards uh, humanity or any kind of spirituality. Um, basically, sacrificing people to shed your morality to be a part of the new world order. And people, and the first, when you hear that, you just roll your eyes. You're like, for real? And you're like, for real, man? Like, there was some legit, really sketchy stuff going on in Bohemian Grove, and and nobody really wants to talk about it. And the people who have you know participated and run it have made it go away. But the problem is, is that you can't make Alex Jones go away. <laughs> you make you try and make Alex Jones goes away. He'll he'll show up at uh, where did he where, where did he show up? He showed up at uh, he got tossed out of. Um, where did he get tossed? Where is it? He got tossed out of uh, a bush rally because. Oh yeah, I told. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he, he like ta- started got- yelling in the crowd with a megaphone. <laughs> with a megaphone, demanding <laughs> that the Federal Reserve and, and the yeah, demanding the Federal Reserve and the Council on Foreign Relations be abolished. Yeah. And one of the reporters watching the whole thing said, said Jones seemed to launch into public events as if flung from another universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, he was. Uh, he, he, uh, <laughs> 
He's had too much brain damage to disappear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. He's a modern-day superhero story. He was injured and came out a better man every single time he right. hit his head. <laughs> you know what the biggest, um, the you know, their biggest problem with Alex Jones is that uh, it's not that he, he does ask the questions that they can't reasonably answer, but he also provides an answer. So, he, you know, he, he knows the questions to ask because he's already done the research and and he gives them an answer and then he he ties he ties too many things together. But but um, where we would ask a, a good question, not having the answer, he already has the answer. Um, like the 9-11 attacks. It's like if you were to suggest that there was some um, some, you know, some U.S. Uh, nefariousness going on there people would shun you because the media and and the politicians turned it into such a patriotic moment that if you were to ask any questions about the events of that day you would get tossed out of any conversation for being uh, a, her- a heretical anti-patriotic um anti-United States, anti-military, just absolute lunatic. And yet, there's still some very good questions that don't have answers or that the, you know, the government is not willing to answer. And when Alex Jones started asking these questions on air, that is when the transition was made to Infowars.com because yep. a lot of he got canceled. networks he got shut canceled them. Yeah, <laughs> just for asking you, uh, some questions, just for using yeah. this First Amendment right of whether you in, believe in it or not, um, you can never get to the truth if you can't have a conversation about it. That's right. That's right. You know, n- name one other instance where a fire has collapsed a building. Just a fire. You can't. Yeah, because it has. It hasn't. It has not happened in the history of modern um, engineering to collapse a steel. Um, steel uh, skeletal building with just a fire. Well, there was some serious metal that was abs- was melted, and um, jet fuel can't melt steel beams. That's, that's it can, but it doesn't. Arguments. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't burn long enough to achieve that. Like if you had, if you a steady, a steady supply of of kerosene, you could eventually do that however it burns off really quick so i haven't i don't really know this topic too much i haven't done too much research into building seven collapsing but i have heard that that video was kind of cut short so Mm. you didn't see like the full length of how long it was burning for but that being said i just wanted to represent both sides um, right. Well, I would suggest whenever talking about 9-11, don't ever talk about the World Trade Center. You will instantly alienate the person that you were talking to um, because they have made that into um, the heart of America. Like you, you can't talk bad about it, but you can always talk about Building 7, which which apparently just f- fell down out of the blue. It was there. It was on fire. And it just, nope, there was nothing around it. Nothing hit it. It just 
you know, no building shards fell on it. It just fell down. And uh, another weird thing is the Pentagon. There's no video of the plane hitting that building. And you'd think they would release that by now. Like what kind of secret information is in that video that they wouldn't want the public to know? I don't understand. Um, It's just suspicious. I have a hard time. uh, I have a hard time imagining that the Pentagon doesn't have cameras everywhere, even in 2001 to record an event like that. So just interesting details, things to food for thought. Outside cameras, inside cameras. I mean, they have, they have the thing on full display. Mm. So, I mean, to, to say that they don't is completely naive because we're not talking about your local Walmart. Your local, your local Walmart has cameras on every corner of the building right. and on all of the light posts. We're to talking about the Pentagon. $10 theft. Yeah. So Alex Jones comes out and he just simply starts asking questions. And if you didn't have proof or any kind of inclination that some bad voodoo shit might be going down, Alex Jones being canceled uh, for asking these questions is a huge sign as to what could be going on. And there's a good point made by this, because when he was canceled by those networks and he started Infowars.com, um, his viewership, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, doubled because of that. Right. It wasn't because yeah. he got his own site. It was because he was canceled. They pushed him into the, into the, uh, into the spotlight because they said, we don't want you guys listening to this, to this man. And society being hard-headed, at least the semi-smart ones, they're like, well, now I really want to listen to what he has to say. And the media just wants to paint a picture that all the people listening to Alex Jones are just mindless drones believing everything that he says. But what I interpret from most of his fans is that they just, most, most of them just view him as highly entertaining some of them right. consider some of his theories, and then there's like a small minority that actually take him seriously. So for yeah. the media to just assume that we're all too stupid to hear him because we're just going to get brainwashed by his conspiracies is just... Because just, he's the most charming speaker I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just want to take a little second and thank you guys for having me on your show. Uh, Joe Rogan, everybody <laughs> having me on, I really appreciate it. The uh, media tried canceling me. Satan tried canceling me. The fucking globalists tried canceling me, and I'd just like to say thank you. Uh, Mary, you can continue. You have a beautiful voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently he is. he's quite the ladies' man, despite, I don't I don't know. There's, I guess it's just. A Why don't you come over here and give me a little kiss? <laughs> it must be. It must be the really close eyes and the triple chin. Yeah, that just draws him right in. You know, guy's got a sweet barrel build. He would have made a mean Viking back in the day. Yeah, there is this one conspiracy that right at the time that his like jaw doubled in size and his face just got a little weird. That that was right around the time that Bill Hicks died. And that there's this conspiracy that Bill Hicks just turned into Alex Jones. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> like Bill Hicks just took a bunch of anabolic steroids and it just turned him into Alex Jones. Right on. But back to that Bohemian Grove that you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, he just came out on a new podcast by uh, Flagrant 2 that uh, he was actually paid 
to go into Bohemian Grove by a British broadcasting network, not BBC, but it was a different one. And that he was actually let in because they knew he was Alex Jones. It was like the Secret Service that let him in. So it was like when Bush huh. was president and he gave them the passwords to get in and they talked on their walkie talkies and it was somebody who approved him to come in. Like they knew he was coming and he doesn't know why. To this day, they don't. Alex Jones is very curious, but he doesn't know who let him in. So that's like huh. another level of conspiracy going on right there. Possible disinformation, yeah. Very interesting yeah. point. But yeah, apparently the Bush brother or family, the dad and, you know, son were there in the chateau, like where the elite stay while all the lower people are doing their ceremonies. Apparently they were there because mm. the Secret Service was present. And apparently he saw Clint Eastwood there, and apparently he saw Danny Glover there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And all the guys were hitting on him because apparently it's a whole gay fest. They're just all suppressed Republicans who the next craziest thing besides, you know, having sex with women that aren't your wife is just going the full transition into just butt sex everywhere so they were all slapping his ass as he was walking around and he had to hide out <laughs> that's that's what he says <laughs> yeah and it's an only it's a really only a, a men only thing too yeah um there's only been a few female people you know few few women members um like four maybe but yeah, it's mostly mostly dudes. Who started this club again? It was a writer. Mark Twain. Mark Twain started this club. And back then, it was prostitutes, you know. They would go in there. It was a more recent, semi-recent development where it became a men's only club. Uh, apparently, they preferred the uh, the buttholes over the women, which is cool, you know. Uh, what, <laughs> you know, right on, man. <laughs> and um, a common theme with all of these... Like with the Epstein whole thing unveiling, a common theme is to be part of this brotherhood to get into power, the powerful must compromise you. So they need to have you videotaped having right. sex with a man at Bohemian Grove, like a frat party. It's like part of hazing. Like you can't be president unless if we get you on tape doing this, so then we can have your balls in a jar. Like, you can't step out of line because we're going to unveil all of this to the world and you're going to, you know, go down in history as the worst president. Straight up satanic. And uh, I, I agree with Alex Jones on that. That's that's some devil shit right there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to do a whole episode just on Ghislaine Maxwell, speaking of Epstein. Everybody's <laughs> focus is on her husband, but we need to get into Ghislaine. That's going to be a fun episode. She's a great, fantastic person. Uh, she, you know, I'm surprised she hasn't won a Grammy yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm. Emmy, I'm sorry. The uh, Cuomo, he won an Emmy. Yeah. yeah Fantastic person. Um, so what else you got? Um, so, I mean, he, the way he does it, he's just got a handful of darts. He throws it at the wall and hopefully one <laughs> sticks. <laughs> but... Um, I guess we could talk about 
I don't know. I thought the most relevant one today is QAnon. Apparently, um, he was, you know, of course, because he's on the no two. He's the first guy to know about everything about conspiracy theories. And he was on the ground floor with this conspiracy because a 4chan brought it to his attention. And he claims within a month of QAnon being around. Um, and if you don't know what QAnon is, it's about like an informant that is telling you about the dark, deep state going on. He was the informant yeah, J- telling... JFK Jr. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Leaking information dead. into the internet to let us know what the deep state is up to. And this came out he believes, this is what Alex Jones believes, came out right before Trump was um, nominated as president in order to um, to thwart off the deep state because deep state doesn't want Trump. So they wanted QAnon to encourage everybody and deep state or to suppress deep state and encourage everyone to vote for Trump to allow him to be there because QAnon thinks that Trump would be good for this country. And, but Alex Jones believes within a month of that narrative happening, it was taken over by disinformant agents more powerful than the people trying to get Trump in. And it became a leftist agenda to kind Blue of anon. yeah <laughs> and i just thought it was interesting hearing that so many people still believe in QAnon, yet alex jones doesn't like i felt that was insightful like i feel like if you believe something beyond what alex jones believes like you might need to <laughs> redirect <laughs> why wouldn't they that's a that's a popular uh kind of evil if you will tactic you know, the minute something takes off um they infiltrate it for disinformation. So it's like 4chan or any type of social media. QAnon became this. And the minute it started taking traction, uh, why wouldn't they? It's just impossible for them not to get in there for disinformation. It's the same thing with political agendas. You get people on the left or whatever, if it's a different country, posing as the opposition, doing horrific acts so it could be blamed on their opposition. Wars have been started with this same tactic. So it's just uh, Murphy's Law. You know, the the worst thing that can happen will happen. If it can mm. go wrong, it will go wrong. So uh, it kind of falls into that. And I think it's a, a wise assumption of Alex Jones. I'm sure he has some evidence to point to this, but it's an assumption you could you, you could easily make. It's, in, it's, it's interesting. I, I appreciate his viewpoints. He's often on the front edge of a lot of these things. Not all, but a lot of them. And yeah, they made QAnon inseparable from the term conspiracy theory. So if you question the government, if you, you know, question anything, the media can be like, oh, you're just a QAnon person. That happened to John recently. John, you want to tell that story real quick? We might have told it before in the podcast, but just for a refresher, because I thought that was uh, hilarious. It made me jog my memory a little bit, because it... I, it has happened on multiple occasions, but yeah, it's kind of just the go-to discredit term. <laughs> it's like yeah. they don't need to do their own research; they just need to be fed whatever information that they're fed through 
nightly news through whatever Facebook wants them to hear. And then as soon yeah. as anyone has any counter information to what they're not used to, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. It's QAnon. Let's discredit Actually, them. If you look up the uh, the history of con- of how like the term conspiracy theory came about, um, that will really start messing with your mind. Wasn't that like a CIA disinformation FBI. move that they did? Oh, FBI. Yeah, CIA. I don't think could be bothered with something uh, so grassroots, but yeah, definitely the FBI to. Uh, to discredit anything that might be nearing the truth on something that they wanted to keep hidden um, for whatever reason, probably sometimes uh, for the integrity of an investigation or at other times just because the truth, it's just (laughs) the truth would, the truth would be, would cause more damage than, than the scenario that they provided as an answer. Maybe conspiracy theory became too credible after Epstein (laughs) <laughs> being un- revealed so they had to figure out a new term they have had a very large problem uh using conspiracy theories to discredit um conspiracy theories these days um because most of them are coming true <laughs> yeah. so yeah i really wish i could remember what story you're talking about dylan uh well it it intrigued me. Uh, it's pretty typical. Somebody, uh, you said you were in some kind of discussion with somebody, and you asked, you asked, asked him, you asked him a question, and he immediately labeled you as QAnon, and you basically yes. said no. It, uh, you can't label me as QAnon for asking a question, and he eventually kind of capitulated, like, yeah, you know what, you're right. Yes, he got me. Yeah. I can't, I can't pigeonhole you like that. And he's realizing that he's been programmed by that. That instance to just have that instant reaction yes. to anything that goes outside of toeing the line, and uh, yeah, and it, it happens all and the time. And it had to do, yeah, it had to do with um, uh, with the voting, the uh, twenty twenty election, and and, it, and the the point I was trying to make was <clears throat> this is an Alex Jones thing too. Um, was that you you can't even ask the question about whether or not the elections were uh, were secure because the moment you do, people will just say, oh, QAnon, you QAnon freak. And it's like, dude, all, all I asked was a question. I didn't say anything. And people will just be like, oh, that's ridiculous. I, there's, I didn't say anything ridiculous. All I did was ask a question. And nobody wants to give an answer because the answer is too much. Because the moment that you shed, you pour a little bit of doubt then the whole thing falls apart. It's a house of cards. They've built this house of cards on around elections. And let's be honest, the twenty twenty election is not the first election that was uh, you know tampered with, and it and it certainly isn't going to be the last. from from the From the day humanity decided to hold an election, there has been election fraud in every single one. The question the question has yeah the question has always been was the fraud deep enough that it affected the election and you mm-hmm. just can't ask the question right and if you when you find yourself at a point in society where you're being pigeonholed like you're being called alex jones or q just for asking a question 
Maybe yeah. you're starting to live in a first iteration of a fascist society in this uh, yeah. uh, millennium. Did you know that Alex Jones was an actor? No. Was he a crisis actor? I read a little bit about that. If you know a little bit about that, lay that, lay that, down, lay that down, John, because it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. So, you know, part of his, uh, part of his, uh, his style, I guess, is that he has been an actor. In 2001, in a movie called Waking Life, he had a cameo as a, as a man in a car with a PA. <laughs> Go figure. Um, in, in 2006, he was in a scanner darkly with uh, Keanu and Robert Downey Jr., um, as the preacher, it was a minor role, but he was in it. So these um, were all after he's done his radio shows, then, right? Yeah, because oh, okay. he started his radio shows. When did he start his radio shows? Um, let's see. He started. Oh, in two thousand one, he had a radio show. Uh, he was syndicated on a hundred stations. So, and that was his uh, the first movie was 2001 so this is like well after he's established himself as a he, he's like got some actor gigs he did some documentaries um play, you know as himself um end game uh loose change and the obama deception um, <laughs> oh that was actually the, the obama was in 2009 and uh, check this out um after last season uh, an Amer- it was uh, in 2009. It was an American drama um, uh, directed and, and produced by Mark Region. He, <laughs> uh, Alex Jones plays God as a cameo. Uh, that's great. Oh, no. I wonder if that f- fed into his ego of, of that narrative oh, sure. he likes to present himself as. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Um, in 2016, he's he was in uh, he had a minor role as a senator in Amerigeddon, um, which you know describes a, a fictional attack on the United States by by I its think own. That just government. became my new favorite word. Amerigeddon. <laughs> Are you kidding me? One yeah, of those straight to VHS right movies. Yeah. He yeah, uh, he had his own public access uh, TV show at the age of 20, um, and it was in Austin, Texas. In 1997, there's an iconic clip of 23-year-old Jones warning listeners of Austin Police Department's black helicopters scanning their homes. And it was later (laughs) found out because him and uh, King of the Hill. Mike Judge. It was later discovered and rumored that Mike Judge made the character Dale, the the, uh, paranoid neighbor. Yeah, we've mentioned uh, that. After Alex Jones. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah. Um, because he talks about the helicopters as well. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's pretty good stuff. You can't help but love the guy. Whether you hate him or not, you can't help but love him. Yeah. It's good stuff. R- regardless of how you feel about him, yeah, regardless of how you feel about him, the guy is, it's he's hilarious to watch. I mean, some people just get, like, spun out at his hyperbole and just can't take it. But I think for the most part, he's just, he's pretty entertaining. Yeah, I think Mm. there's definite. He's a genius. There's something like you can learn from him as long as you just keep like a critical view of it. Like, don't take everything for seriously. Maybe wait a few months 
to see <laughs> if his claims come true, if any of them stick. Because I was listening to him in December, and he was talking about the um, dark winter happening, and that that didn't happen. First day of spring was yesterday. It's going to be 67 days of hell. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be 67 days of hell. Stock up on your food. Get your get your beer. Yeah. But it is it is fun to like kind of keep track of what his claims are and to see which ones come true. Um, something he was saying about QAnon, he he started going off about how it's more of a symbolic movement. He thinks it's part of the great awakening of people not necessarily believing in Q, but hearing about it and questioning it, looking into it, it's starting to awaken a lot of the population. And it's funny how he compared it to Christianity because how Q started, it's become like a whole bunch of different factions now of the same belief when it started. So it's like became like 200 different sects of Christianity going on. And yeah, it was just interesting hearing his perspective on that. I think that was a really interesting point. Because whenever you get a faction or a belief that, that really grows, it's going to splinter. It can't not splinter. Right. And he thinks that, you know, thinking, people are starting to think critically, even if they're wrong. At least they're thinking for themselves and not just following the mainstream narrative. And that's healthy for society, where mainstream narrative is trying to tell us it's not healthy, that they need to listen to mainstream narrative which being wrong is good i love it when i'm wrong because it reminds me that i'm in a place to recognize if i'm wrong there's there's a certain place you can get to where your ideology is so concrete that you feel you're never wrong and every time i catch myself being wrong i'm a happy because i'm able to correct it and b recognize i'm still in a place that doesn't think i'm right about everything um and that goes back to 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 what we talked about earlier in the episode is it's it really is it's not so much about what you believe in. It's about how how you believe in things. Ask why five times. I, Another one I, I love. I am right about everything. <laughs> John is the next Alex Jones. He's wildly uh, delusional, but right wildly. about many things and highly entertaining. Yeah. And that's why yes. I keep him on the show. That's right. Are there any other conspiracies we want to touch on? Any um, intergalactic? communications with aliens or alex jones is from the planet pop tart and <laughs> i want you to listen to this episode alex jones because we are going to have you on this show one day and we have your spirit with us now and uh one of these days you're going to be on what so um, what is his yeah what is his stance on uh, ufos and aliens so I don't know if he necessarily believes in UFOs visiting us, but he does believe that aliens are in communication with us, um, that people have been sacrificing to aliens since nanu, nanu. the dawn of man, that, um, you know, like, even in the Bible, it shows, like, and other, like, societies have sacrificed children to Molech. become close to these these higher beings that they describe as gods and he's convinced that when aliens see 
that you are able to do something so horrible as to sacrifice the most precious things to you that you're willing to do anything and that's when that's what attracts them so (laughs) he refers to them as demons and he believes that there's about 10 different realms and we're in the third third dimension third dimension 10 dimensions and that god sits at the top and that these beings are sitting at Higher dimensions than us, but way lower than God, because God doesn't concern himself with those horrible things. And they're essentially demons attracted to these things, from what I understand is his belief on this. Yeah, and he thinks that these, you know, the globalists or these corporate leaders are doing the same exact thing, that they are gaining power and knowledge for our technology now from these intergalactic beings by sacrificing things to get that knowledge and power that yep (laughs) interesting and he thinks that the globalist agenda is to just become as anti-human as possible that they're already been conducting experiments of hybrid creatures linked with ai so that we create this like silicone weird genetic version of ourselves and that's that's the future that these globalists are pushing for and just killing off humanity after that and there won't be any human rights because these new creatures aren't going to be human whatever they become awesome yeah, it gets pretty far out there. <laughs> well, from a scientific standpoint, that technology is already being introduced. Yeah. It's so true. that's where like his basis of all these claims are. There are some scientific basis and who knows what if, China's doing, you If know, you don't cloning. believe us, speaking of China and genetic man- manipulation, listen to the episode before this one episode or I'm sorry, listen to episode 9. 9. That is the episode on genetic modification. There's been some recent developments. And uh, be superhuman. And uh, catch up on that and then rethink what Alex Jones is saying. It'll it'll be a little bit more believable. And that's what, yeah. I think that's the box that you have to put Alex Jones in, right? To stop listening to how he's saying something because he he starts off with, with something that's true. And then, then he just he starts building this story and narrative, and he he gets so involved in it, you know, he turns it into a, you know a scanner darkly, and it's just like, dude, if you could have just stayed on the fact, on the good research that you did, and the connection that you made, and just stated it and left it, you would have been fine. But then maybe so, so, nobody would listen to him. Maybe that's his well, charm. Well no. <laughs> well, no, I mean, well, that's why because, it's so awesome when he's on Joe Rogan because he has Jamie there, yeah, by Joe Rogan's orders, fact checking him as he goes through, and then Joe Rogan's like, "Shit, see, this is why it's important, Alex, because we're fact checking you on this, and we're showing the public that you're right about a lot of this shit, and this right. is why we need." He's like telling Alex, "You need to get a fact checker." On your own damn show, because <laughs> you just go yeah. off on these tangents, and he tells him this to his face. Uh, but you know, if you get a fact checker to to show this to people, you you mix the entertainment value with the with the news that you're trying to genuinely put out, and that's right. why I enjoyed watching him on that show. I think there was a new balance struck 
And that's why he went on to, to Andrew Schultz and bigger shows after that, because he's breaking the internet once again. Yeah, he's right. kind of like, I don't know if it's his age or... Because he is drinking again, so I don't think it has to do with that. But I think he has kind of... corn syrup. He's kind of <laughs> <he's kinda laughs> gained this experience, and he can tone himself down now. Um, like, you can see it on the Joe Rogan. Like, towards the with end a, of the podcast, he yeah, was crazy quart after of whiskey. drinking so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's making it work, and a lot of uh, informed citizens are starting to appreciate this. They're canceling their CNN, their Fox News, and they're listening right. to this guy named Alex Jones giving them their news. Um, yeah. it's, it's, I'm really glad that culture is embra- mainstream culture is embracing him. Joe Rogan, yeah. the biggest show ever, uh, is well, embracing him. Yeah, not mainstream culture, but this alternative. Well, that is mainstream culture because Joe Rogan yeah. is getting more views than CNN and Fox yeah. at this point. I guess nobody wants to admit that. <laughs> right I, yeah. I think it's also important to note that he hasn't always gotten at he's he hasn't always es- escaped unscathed in the things that he's said right so there's a long list of litigation that he's had to go through from um from the uh pizzagate they sued him uh chobani sued him um it, there was a uh you, yeah, Chobani sued him because uh, he said that um, that their factory in Idaho uh, was employing refugees and was connected to a 2016 child uh, sex assault and a rise in tuberculosis. So he uh, he issued yeah he issued an apology and a retraction um, in 2017 for that. Um, he said something about uh, the Unite the Right rally, and and this is this is the bulk of his issue, and I think it's something that over time he's come to realize, especially when you look at the things that he said in and around January sixth, um, is that people legit take him way too seriously, yeah, and and can't separate from the facts that he's you know doing you know digging up. And and the and the guy in this um, unite the right rally, his uh, Brennan Gilmore was his name. He had a video of a uh, of a car hitting an anti racism protester, or multiple protesters. And because of what Jones said about it, um, Gilmore allegedly received death threats from from uh, Alex Jones' audience. So I think now. That he's gone through a lot of this, he understands that he needs to be very careful about the words that he chooses, and and because people are going to take what he says and become vigilantes, you know, in his cause. Um, he he, uh, he got in a lot of hot water, um, not just for asking questions, but for saying some very pointed things about the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. In that case, I think it's okay to ask questions, but man, you have got to be careful when you talk about this stuff. Uh, and um, you know, he got sued big time. Ended up, uh, Infowars was fined one hundred twenty-six thousand, and I think he paid um, himself uh, as part of a litigation too as a fine. Uh, I can't find it right now, but. Um, He's got to push a lot of alpha su- supplements to pay those bills. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was the other thing too, right? Like 
he you know he was um trying to sell stuff that that you know it does what it does but it doesn't do anything particularly special like he sells for me i love that uh, it's part of the comedy routine like the fact that he's talking about like the globalists and satan is after you but before we get into that i have the best testosterone booster you've ever seen in your life and it's made of three herbs that are completely natural if you order right now you can get 40 percent off an alex jones testosterone booster it'll make you fly through the fucking sky Underneath Hillary Clinton's human suit, she's a lizard woman. But after this, I got some gold bars to sell you. Because it's the end of the world every day. You must sell gold. Buy gold. Greeting, it'll get you pumped. (laughs) Yeah, right. I hope he never, no matter how rich he gets or how successful he becomes, I hope he continues to sell C-quality supplements for muscle building (laughs) and sex drive. Yeah, right. But yeah, about uh, about that Sandy Hook, he he just claims he still gets articles written about him just mm. to this day about Sandy Hook. He believes that was like they were just waiting to find a way to just completely discredit and deplatform him. And that was the opportunity that the mainstream corporate media took to silence him. And, you know, he made a big mistake, don't get me wrong. I don't support anybody, you know, claiming the claims that he made. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and he's admitted it, but it yeah, it's still it's still pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't uh Yeah, and Apparently, like, he did, like, a six-hour interview with Megyn Kelly, and then she edited it out and just completely changed what he said into a three-minute clip saying that, like, the complete opposite of what he said. And he he was like, I don't believe that it was a hoax. And then they, like, edited out the don't and said, I do believe that Sandy Hoax or Sandy Hook was a hoax. And Right. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows? It's his word against Megan Kelly's. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But anyways, I don't think that should be a reason to censor anybody. I think, of course, you know, everybody should hold their own discretion for whatever media that they consume to question everything, just like he says. Even question Alex Jones. Don't just mm-hmm. take him, you know, for word. And I think what he does have to say is valuable, especially when he does preach um, that you should question everything and don't just listen to the nightly news and mainstream media for just don't take their word because they can't be trusted. They do have special interests and they're not always in a line with the average American citizen's interest. A lot of the times they do hurt American people. And he's highlighted that in, you know, many of his conversations. And I think a lot of people need a heavy dose of just realizing that they are programmed. Um, I know I sound like a conspiracy theory myself, but it's not much of a conspiracy theory. Like you can just, if you just watch the nightly news, you can, it's just so obvious right. to me now. Like well, we, they have an yeah, agenda we covered that they're this. spinning. In um, when we were talking about the uh, the inception of television, in I don't remember what episode it was. 
That episode uh, got a, a lot of views, by the way. Yeah. It was a gooder. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that's uh, Alex Jones in a nutshell. You know, and something to remember at the end of this episode is people like Alex Jones, they live with something that we refer to as being a, both a gift and a curse. Right. Uh, we refer it to now. We refer to it as mental illness. Back in the day, they would have called him a wizard or a witch. <laughs> um, I think we should be getting away from the point of calling it a mental illness because it's not an. I don't see it as an illness in his case. I see it as, yes, a gift and a curse, but something that can help society. And yes, he will make mistakes as we all do. And you know, with somebody like him, the the greater his achievements like Howard Hughes as well, sometimes the greater his flaws that goes with the territory. Um, But I think it's significant the hurdles he's had to overcome to get where he is. And he's an inspiration to many who struggle with uh, what he struggled with all the way from childhood. Sort of the world being against him uh, right from the start. Um, And whether you love him or hate him, I think there's something to to be respected and learned from there. And I think he will be... a figurehead of this time capsule of our society and this huge transition we are making to the next phase of humanity. I really do hope that he goes into comedy and gets out. uh, Well, maybe he can do side gig of Infowars, but I want, I want to see him tour the country stand up comedian style. Just give him a bottle of whiskey and ask him why the aliens and Satan are working together. And he'll tell you how they originated on planet Pop-Tart. And they flew here in a microwave oven. And they're ascending the dimensions to take our eyeballs. It's true. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys listening in on this episode. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. This has been fun. Mary, first episode with us. I think you might have to jump on again sometime. This has been fun. <laughs> Yeah, I liked it. Mm. It was fun just researching Alex Jones all day today. I was knee deep in it. It gives you something to do. <laughs> uh, it's it's nice. You have a podcast. John, thank you for yeah. being on, my friend. Yeah, thank you for twisting your schedule around so that uh, so that I could make it. Yeah, this is this has been good. We couldn't not have you on. Yeah, not even the thirteen families of the Illuminati would keep me away. <laughs> Yep. If you guys want to follow us, check us out on Instagram. Everyone is canceled. One L. We are also on Facebook. Everyone is canceled. Uh, I'm your host, Dylan Randall. Again, thank you, Mary and John, for joining me. And we will see you guys next episode. Stay weird, everybody. Happy gaming. <laughs> Everyone's canceled. Everyone's canceled. Everyone's canceled.